can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey everybody, welcome to Testing Thursdays with Wayne. Hope everybody had a really great week. I did. My golf game is slowly improving. It's still not great, but at least I'm doing the occasional birdie and eagle and maybe even par every now and then, but it's still not great. It's almost embarrassing. Anyhow, um, today we're going to talk about a situation. Maybe that's the best way to start off with this. So, as some of you know, I have been involved in Baltimore area community theater since I was 16. So now that means um, uh, in over 50 years <laughs> that I've been involved in community theater from plays and musicals and things like that. So, most recently, I did a production of The Adams Family, the musical, in which I played Uncle Fester. Yes, I did play Uncle Fester. Uh, light bulb and mouth and all that. Uh, and this was, oh, let's see, it's July. Now, this was back in March. So the we had a cast party, actually, over the weekend uh, where we got to actually see the recording of the show because when you, when, you, when you do theater, you're not on stage all the time. So you miss things that, that you know, the audience would see all the time, but you never do because you're backstage doing something, changing costumes or whatever. So... Uh, the couple that that played Morticia and Gomez uh, in in our show have a fantastically beautiful home um, in northern Baltimore County. It, it, okay, oh, let's bring it. It's a mansion. <laughs> uh, he's a uh, he's an orthopedic do doctor. She's a a doctor also, uh, but she's also like a, a Maryland state rep. And they're really good people, really wonderful people. So they hosted a cast party. Over the weekend. Boy, this is a long introduction. Anyhow, trying to give you context here, people. Hang with me. So we get to their home, and he decided it's going to be a pool party. And he set up a screen at one end of the pool and projected the the, the video onto the sc screen, really a sheet. So we could all either go in the pool and float and whatnot or sit around in chairs. Well, of course, you know me. I don't get in pools and spas because, well, you know better. Anyhow... Um, the pool was beautiful. It was probably a 75,000-gallon, pretty much rectangular pool, standard gunite, but the surface was painted black. I have a thing about black painted pools. Um, yes, they might look wonderful, that kind of classy, very elegant. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, this particular pool was in pristine condition. Um, so whoever they have taking care of the pool um, it, uh, is doing a fantastic job. I have an idea who it, who it is, I, and I've known these people for an awfully long time. But 
Um, I, I al- I've always had a thing about dark surfaced pools. And this takes me back to tech questions I would get over the 30 years um, that I did them. And a lot of, a lot of them, a lot of the questions about dark surfaced pools had to do with white streaking and, and calcium buildup, like white spots and, and things like that. And, and uh, people questioning why, what happened? Well, the problem with, with dark surfaced pools is that unless you maintain the water chemistry perfectly, okay, and I do mean perfectly, um, remember, when you're talking water balance, you're talking pH, total alkalinity, calcium harness, temperature, and TDS. Right? So if you don't keep your water balance appropriate, then you're going to get that strange situation where water will try to balance itself from wherever it can. And I'm sure you've heard me say thousands of times, guess what's in grout, guess what's in gunite, things like that. It's calcium. And so it's going to seek out calcium, calcium carbonate, and it's going to be streaking and deposits and all sorts of nasty stuff. So I approached the, the, the owner um, a good friend of mine, and I said, have you had any problems with with white spots or streaking or anything like that? White, and he said, you know, as a matter of fact, they did. They, they've only been in the house for about eight years, and the pool was already there. And when they bought the property, um, the pool, he said, was in horrible condition. Um, uh, he said it was, it was the same surface, same black coloring, but... He remembered that when he walked by the pool and it was filled with water and the, and the small water fountain feature was running, he, you could see the, the, the calcium buildup, not only in the pool shell itself, but uh, like along the, um, the, the water line. You can see where it was uh, calcium was coming out of solution. It was depositing a little white line across the, around the um, perimeter of the pool. And he said, yeah, and on the bottom around the main drain, it was the same thing. And on the return lines, he said it looked like a white starburst. And I said, and, and what happened? And he said, well, we bought the house, and we, we didn't know any better with the pool. And uh, he the, the pool service company that he finally hired um, does high-end pools and, and things like, like he had. And when they came out to do, to do the initial um, guesstimate, on you know how much is going to cost to to service it and fix anything, the first thing out of the uh, pool guy's mouth was, "Oh crap!" <laughs> uh, he just looked at the water. He said, "Oh boy, okay, let, let's see what's going on." Well, um, the, the owner, my, my my theater friend, did not know what the values were, but he does remember watching the guys. He was testing the water. Uh, doesn't remember what kind of test kit he was using. But when he went to do what the pool guy said was the calcium test, it was somewhere in the range of about 50 parts per million. 50. That's what Baltimore City tap water is. 50. Um, all of the other parameters were, were he, he thought he remembered correctly uh, were, were okay, the, he said, the pool guy said. But the calcium was low. And, and he, <laughs> he remembered 
the the poor guy just kind of shaking his head, going like, "Oh my god!" So that's a perfect example of water trying to balance itself. And what the pool, what the service tech said, was that the problem in in this particular area where I am is that people think that the calcium hardness level in the in their makeup water is fine because hey, it comes from the city, and of course it's it's perfectly good. City does it right. Um, well, no, the, the, the water is, is very, very low in calcium, very soft water. Like I previously said, it, depending upon exactly where you are, it could be range anywhere from 40, uh, as low as 40 parts per million to as high as 60 parts per million for Baltimore City water. Uh, when you're talking well water, it's completely different. It's usually much lower here in the Mid-Atlantic area, um, particularly north of Baltimore, Baltimore City. So um, the, the, my, my friend said to, to the pool tech, you know, how do, how do we fix this? What do we do? And he said, I need to bring up the calcium hardness reading to a, a, around 200 parts per maybe a little bit higher. And he went, okay, how do we do that? Well, we add calcium chloride. Well, how much calcium chloride do we add? And the pool tech looked at him and he went, a lot. Well, what's a lot? A lot, a lot. It, it was almost... What did he say? Five, five fifty-pound bags of calcium chloride uh, to get that uh, pool water back up to a realistic and appropriate calcium level, so that the water wouldn't try to balance itself. And he had to add it, you know, slowly over the course of a couple of days, because you know what it's like adding and mixing calcium chloride with water and all that other stuff, associated stuff. So he said he, uh, he said he watched the, the pool guy come back to his house like three or four times um, and take care of the calcium chloride. But the problem was before he could do that, the calcium was so low and the streaking and the scaling was so bad that they had to wind up draining the pool and literally chipping off the calcium buildup that was on the pool surface itself. Um, and it took them, what did he say? Like three or four days to get everything off and smoothed out. And of course they'd get everything repainted and he still wanted a black pool, a black surface pool. So um, after they, they cleaned it all up, repainted um, and, and the pool tech, the pool company came in, refilled. And of course, you know, added the calcium uh, chloride to it, raise it up to its normal level. It's been fine ever since. And this was pro- this happened a number of years ago. But he said it was a lot of money to, to get it fixed. And I said, I told him, I said, well, I know you're an orthopedic doctor and you really don't deal with chemistry a whole lot. I said, but whoever had this pool before you, the previous owner, either never did anything himself or hired a pool service company that didn't really know what they were doing. More than likely, it was the latter than than anything else. So, why do I tell the story? Well, one because you know I have a crazy, crazy neighbors, crazy wonderful neighbors with that hot tub down the street that's still around. Believe it or not, still haven't had any calls or any any issues with it. She's still using test strips um, instead of doing wet chemistry tests. That's okay. You know, test strips are fine for quick and dirty. You know that. I've said that too many times. Um, now I've got my, my theater friend who has this black bottom pool. 
Um, I know I have a couple other friends that have um, above ground pools, big oval things, big in tech pop up pools, and I and I have to admit it, I I got one myself. I have a pop up in tech pool, above ground pool in my backyard. It's a fourteen foot diameter. Um, has oh god, I don't know how many gallons in it, like eighteen hundred gallons of water or something like that. Um, but this is the first year that I've been able to keep the water crystal clear in many, many, many years. And I think a lot of it has to do with not the chemistry, because you know I'm going to be anal about the chemistry. But I went and got a variable speed pump. And uh, instead of only turning on the pump every few hours, once a day, I've got this pump running 24-7. And it has has been a, a... pleasure, if you can call it that, um, watching this pump do its do its thing. And the water has been absolutely crystal clear. Um, I still do not get in the water <laughs> uh, in the pool. My, my wife does and friends do. I just, it's a matter of principle at this point. Don't get into public pools. I don't get into public spas. Uh, I'd rather swim in the ocean where fish poo and pee. What does that tell us? Yes, I am crazy. So, um, Tying this all together, my my ramblings, um, is that it's it's critically important that a pool service technician know knows his or her job, uh, knows what to do, is aware of of chemistry, is aware of of uh, what needs to be taken care of is able to explain a problem to a customer and and tell them, you know, what needs to be added and why it needs to be added. And I know I emphasized this a couple podcasts ago, but if you just tell a customer, hey, I got I to add, you know, 10 pounds of, of bicarb and not tell them why you're doing it um, is just a, a disservice to customers. I mean, you got to keep them informed. You keep them in the loop. Keeping customers, customers out of the loop are going to, it's going to create bad feelings down the road. So it's really best if you talk to your, talk to your people and um, uh, talk to, when I say talk to people, I mean, talk to your service technicians and, you know, make sure that, that they know what they're doing, that they understand. Um, Also be very leery of pool companies, pool service companies that try to undersell their services. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, I've seen a, a couple things advertised on on, on the intraweb um, from from pool companies. You know, uh, first time cleaning ten dollars. You know, or with chemicals thirty dollars a month. Any size pool, that kind of thing. It's like re- really, really. You know, it's like used car salesmen. They're smarmy. I'm sure you've heard of that word before. Um, but they're, they're, they're slimy, maybe, is a better word. It's just they, they lure you in with the cheap prices and then bump up things a month or two later on. And, you know, they so if they're cheap in their pricing, they're cheap in their service, they're cheap in their um, quality of product, they're just cheap and they're wrong. And, and they're, they're fly-by-night people. They're, they're one and outs. Um, they, they don't do justice to the job that you know how to do. So... Um, be very leery of, of people. 
Um, I'm also leery a little bit of some mom and pop shops, retail stores that um, that are, I won't say new because that's not the right word, that are inexperienced in certain facets of the industry. They might be great at a retail center, uh, be able to sell product, you know, have product available, but unless they know what to do with that product and know how to do it correctly, uh, what's what's the use? There used to be, not terribly far from where I live, um, a um, um, pool store um, that was mom and pop owned. It wasn't part of a retail chain. And I remember going in there one time because I needed to get some um, one-inch trichlor tabs. I walked in the store very first time. This was this was a long time ago. This was like seven or eight years ago. And first of all, when as soon as you open the door, you got that whiff of chlorine. It's like, oh God, I know how badly they store stuff. And you know they had a lot of product in the store, but there was nobody in there. And this was a Saturday, a late Saturday morning. And that that should have been the first. Though the first red flag was the chlorine smell. The second red flag was that there was nobody in the store. There should have been. One person, third red flag was one person working everything. And I, I went up to the guy and I said, you know, I'm looking for one inch trichlor tabs. What do you got? And he says, oh, trichlor tabs don't come in one inch. Excuse me. Yeah, no, no, no. They only come in three inch tabs. I can sell you some of those. No, they come in one inch tabs and they come in three inch tabs. Did not tell him who I worked for at that point. And he argued with me about it. He said, I've never seen trichlor any tablets in one inch sizes ever. And and the guy could have, the guy was maybe in his mid to late twenties. And I'm thinking, well, it conceivable, but not probable. Um, so I wind up leaving the store buying nothing and, and going to a, a local retail chain and getting them. But that tells you that, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. <laughs> if you're going to have a retail store, hire people who kind of know what they're doing. Um, let, let them understand that, 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 you know, you got a good concept of what's going on at their, at their pool or spa and not just try to, you know, upsell them all the time and, and, and be that slimy used car salesman, uh, kind of deal. I, I hate that. Um, turns out the pool, the store only uh, survived for a couple of years and it's gone now. I didn't I remember when I saw the you know, closing signs, like, oh, thank God because they probably screwed up more people than they did uh, anybody else. But um, um, the, the, uh, the, the store itself, I, can, I don't even know how many customers they have, but I know they got really bad ratings on, um, on Facebook, uh, which is the kind of thing that is a death knoll. Uh, so I have r- ranted and rambled and stumbled my way through this particular podcast. Um, uh, it's it's August or almost August now, and so for some parts of the country, the pool season is kind of slowly coming to an end. So I so what will be happening at least with my podcast? Not sure about the other others in the gang, um, but I'm going to be focusing on on pool closings, um, chemically what should be done, what should be done the right way, um, so that your pool survives the winter. And it's ready to to open um, and be beautiful for you next summer or next spring. Um, I'll probably start them sometime in 
in mid-August, mid to late August um, in September. Um, good. Well, because uh, I can. Haha. So, uh, as always, if if you have any technical questions that you'd like answered um, on, on a podcast so that everybody can hear the, the, the answer, uh, please feel free to send them to talkingpools at gmail.com. Talkingpools at gmail.com. And they will be forwarded to me. And if you're the lucky person to to have that question dealt with somewhat live, uh, you might get a special surprise. So I won't tell you what it is, but you might get something. So everybody have a fantastic week. Um, please be safe out there. I know it's very, very hot most of the country. Please take care. Make sure you hydrate. Sunscreen is a wonderful thing. Um, and just take care of yourselves. Everybody, see you next week. Bye. just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 